Hi everyone, this is Gaia Lamperti from IBS Intelligence and today we're joined by Michael Sharlov, CEO of Fireblocks, a digital asset custody transfer and settlement platform. Hi Michael, how are you today? Hi Gaia, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining. So let's talk about Fireblocks integration with Revolut. The platform was integrated to eliminate technical barriers like the closed loop custody and manual treasury operations. Would you tell us what these barriers are and in which way they slow down crypto infrastructures? Yeah, so companies like Revolut and other sort of uh, consumer-facing companies are trying to bring uh, uh, cryptocurrency services. You know, you, you you sort of envision this kind of experience where you can buy uh, crypto, you can withdraw crypto. It both serves like a brokerage and as a wallet that you can uh, deposit, withdraw coins and do a bunch of other operations. The problem is that initially when the, the way that uh, Revolut uh, provide their service, it was what we call closed loop. So you can only buy, hold, and sell. You couldn't withdraw, you couldn't deposit from the outside, and essentially you couldn't actually work with the cryptocurrencies that you you bought. And part of the reason is, was that uh, they were relying on a set of uh, cold storage custodians that uh, would uh, hold those coins and uh, through technical limitations in terms of like you know how the wallet is being how those cold storage wallets are being structured that it's omnibus it's impossible to identify external deposits from where they're coming but also from a withdrawal standpoint there is no real capability to automate it at scale and uh, they couldn't really provide uh, something that is a more native experience to this asset class and to the way that people envision they can uh, buy and use crypto. So how does this cater to customers and at the same time uh, helps Revolut reach some of its goals? Yeah, so so eventually solutions like Revolut, they are competing in a market or they want to provide service that is best on breed and for especially for Revolut crypto became I think a pretty significant growth driver in their strategy and their business and then you start to basically compete against the likes like Coinbase right or the likes like Kraken that are crypto native uh, companies and you need to start providing services that are similar to them so what Revolut wanted to do is to really provide something that allows their customers to really see the crypto interact with the crypto withdraw the crypto deposit crypto if they bought it somewhere and now they want to use it on, on a Revolut more so to set I would say the stage to additional services that you see in other places like yield generation right so you can deposit you can earn four percent four percent can do DeFi, a lot of those things the integration with fireblocks so maybe take a step back fireblocks is an architecture and a platform that allows people to allows companies to basically automate and instrument all the wallet technology that they need at scale, right? So we operate millions of wallets and our clients can basically create wallets on the pl- on the fly for every user, for every deposit. It's fully automated with API, so they can basically get notifications and every time there is a re- deposit, they can, through an API, automate withdrawals. And all of that is essentially wrapped with a lot of security and workflow and compliance that's not only that those deposits or withdrawals are occurring, but also 
um, there, there are automated compliance checks that, that uh, allow them to check like, where are you sending it? Is that address is known to be malicious? Or maybe someone is basically trying to put some coins from a hack or something like that in their wallet and try to trade on their platform. And there is a full automation that will prevent those things. And it comes out of the box, right? So they don't need tens of engineers to start, start, start figuring it out and building all that. It's, it's a platform as a service, right? So they take it, they configure it, and it works. You know, you mentioned, briefly mentioned the topic of security, which is definitely something the crypto space is focusing on right now. I've read you guys provide MPC cryptography. Would you like to tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, MPC cryptography is actually a fairly old concept from the 90s, but it got boost in the last decade. And specifically, there were advancements to make it uh, very speedy and compatible with uh, real-world use cases. In, in essence, what it allows us to do is to remove the single point of failure around a private key. So instead of having one private key, which represents the wallet, and if that private key is compromised, either because of a hacker that was able to get to the wallet system and, and, and grab that, that private key, or because an employee got some level of access, uh, the wallet is compromised. With MPC, we have a system in which this is actually distributed both at the generation, at the wallet generation, Point and also when a transaction is being signed. So the value is that at no point in time, there is a single user or a single machine that has access to the entire private key. And therefore it both eliminates probably the, the number one risk factor, right? But it also provides a, a great agility in terms of how policies and workflows are being orchestrated, right? Because what it effectively allows you to do is to dictate on the most basic cryptographic level of who needs to approve uh, or how many people need to approve or sign basically a transaction uh, that is being emitted from a specific wallet. And I imagine, you know, these sort of services and, and the way Fireblocks powers Revolut's platform is something that more and more digital banks will, will look at in the upcoming future. Do you believe that non-native crypto platforms do have the potential to reach the same level of native crypto platforms in terms of exchange and custody and all the services that these platforms provide? So, you know, our goal in life is to actually make sure that they exceed what the crypto native uh, platform provide. Um, you know, the reality is that a lot of the crypto native platform that you see today, although they have a significant head start, right? They, um, from a customer base and from an operational standpoint, they do rely on technologies that were developed in 2015, 2017. And, you know, anyone who's been in the crypto space knows that like, you know, one uh, crypto year is like, it's, 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 it's a dog year, right? So it's basically seven, uh, seven years in any other industry. So some of those things are actually fairly outdated. And our goal is really to provide any new business, whether it's crypto native or predominantly we are we're putting a lot of effort on the non-crypto guys, whether those are neo banks or just traditional banks, to give them an infrastructure that out of the box allows them to roll out services, uh, compete and compete in the highest level. And um the idea there is that I don't think that right now the issue is people really competing uh, with one another on the same wallet, right? Actually, every new 
entity or every new bank, it basically increases the pie, right? Because what, what's happening is that the number of people that they have access to crypto is very small. And yet the number of people that have interest in participating in the crypto market is actually quite big today, right? The main problem is that it's not accessible with how much we in, in the crypto space think, oh, like, what's the problem? You just like open an account with Coinbase or you just buy a ledger or you install a MetaMask, right? The reality is that most people just don't understand and they want really an experience that comes from their trusted party, right? Someone that they're trusting their finance with, that they're doing finance for a long period of time. They want to, you know, if it's a, a retail customer, they want to call City or open their online account at Citibank or Wells Fargo and, you know, click a button and buy crypto. You know, we've seen the success that PayPal had with offering this service. If it's like a high net worth uh, individual, they want to call the desk on UBS and tell them, hey, buy me, whatever. I think that enabling those institutions is critical just to basically bring the masses in because with all due respect to the crypto native folks, the acquisition of new customers is way more expensive than just going through an established channel that they have. And in this landscape, there might soon be new players like social media platforms, as we're seeing now with Facebook developing their own e-wallet, uh, Novi, for their cryptocurrency. Do you believe the audience of social media platform has the potential to make cryptocurrencies even more mainstream and eventually, you know, make a traditional financial institution embrace them? I mean, I think that this is the wild card. And, I, and in some ways, I think that regulations aside, right, this is inevitable because, you know, crypto is at the end of the day, money that is purposely suited to, to serve internet users, right? And social media, there is sort of this uh, perfect product market fit almost into social media. And if you even take a step farther and you think about NFTs, right? This is sort of maybe one of the holy grails that social media would adopt and would adopt together with, uh, with cryptocurrencies or payments because social media, especially platforms like Instagram and TikTok, right? A lot of, a lot of what we're seeing over there is digitally generated uh, content. That content is currently monetized, I would say, through, you know, old, old ways, whereas if it was monetized and people are working on it to basically be able to monetize it through NFTs. And once you basically start to see the big picture of how both the content and the monetization of the content and the interaction between the users and the fact that it's global and there are no borders, understand that this is sort of the perfect storm and the perfect audience for, for cryptocurrencies. I do think that the regulators are stepping in and they're doing probably the right thing of just like asking all the right questions and making sure that it's done in a proper way. Because um, as we've seen with social media, it can get out of control very quickly, right? From child abuse and, and pedophile to uh, election intervention. So the main question is, you know, now that you basically bring the financial aspects here in, how do you really able to do it in a responsible way and not to create a, a whole new mess? You know, that, this is like a problem that needs to be solved. I think that whether it will take uh, six months or, you know, three or four years, eventually someone will solve this problem and it will happen. And going back to the deal with Revolut, the platform is trying to achieve a UK banking license. How is Fireblocks going to help Revolut doing so? Uh, I can speak broadly on our interaction with regulators and, you know, the, the nice thing about using Fireblock. So 
Um, you know, Fireblocks as itself, we are not a regulated entity because we basically, or, or at least the vast majority of our business is not a regulated entity. Fireblocks does spend a lot of time with the regulators, educating them on anything about cybersecurity, clients, capabilities, MPC. I had a call yesterday with one of the top regulators in the United States that basically they ask if at the end of the conversation, they basically ask, we're trying to wrap our head around MPC. Can we spend another hour or so that you guys will explain us MPC? Which like, of course, right? So we, we are in this interesting seat that the regulators are familiar with our platform from a technology standpoint. And uh, we also servicing to a certain degree as close advisor to them to understand the technology. When you're trying to go after the license, right? There are many questions that are being asked. But one of the key questions that are asked is, okay, so how do you achieve security and how are we going to know that the client funds are protected and what is the underlying infrastructure that you're using? Because of all the capabilities that Fireblocks brings in from security, governance, policy, compliance, a lot of those questions are are very easy to ask and basically point into the specific documentation that we provide and at least accelerate some of the hard questions that are being asked if you're trying to do it in-house from your own development. To conclude, in in your opinion, what should be the number one priority now for any crypto infrastructure aiming at being competitive on on the market? I think that uh, there is sort of like maybe the tactical, but I think maybe we'll touch a bit about the strategic where I think our head is, and uh, I think a lot of people their head is, is around DeFi, decentralized finance, right? How do you really harness the capabilities over there and how do you harness capabilities around payments and stable coins because i think that regardless if it's dm or usdc or paxos and uh, there was a lot of uh, commotion in that area recently i think that the intersection of uh, defi general general um, acceptance of stable coins already and um, some of the new areas around some of the new movement around whether it's NFTs or tokenized securities and so on, over there, that's sort of like, you know, the frontier that is currently coming in. And there is so much value to unlock over there that I think that anyone who is playing in this space and is not thinking about what he's going to do there and how he's going to leverage that or how he's going to be competitive in that regard will eventually stay with, um, I think Bitcoin always has a value, right? But any other token, whether it's Ethereum or you know, Cardano or Solana, essentially, even if you really believe in this token, what you are speculating is would that infrastructure or blockchain will be used for DeFi and for payments and all those things, right? So going to happen, it's it's coming. And um, that's the main focus, I think, for everyone right now. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for your time and for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me.